What up, what up, NBA fans? Dan Titus here with the Stretch 4 NBA Podcast. Excited to bring you our latest episode. First, I just want to give a special shout-out to Underdog Podcast for hosting us. It's been a great ride thus far. Please continue to like, subscribe, rate the Stretch 4 NBA Podcast, and we'll continue to bring you guys the latest and best fantasy basketball content. So for today's episode, we're going to have a little fun. We're going to give out our midseason fantasy basketball awards. So anyone from the fantasy MVP of the year to the best sleeper, we'll cover it all. And in addition to that, we'll provide some latest injury updates that might affect how you play the second half of the season, as well as a couple strategy by lows that you may want to target uh, as we get into the second half of the season. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into the action. So let's get into our midseason fantasy awards. And all of the ADP information is based off of Fantasy Pro's consensus draft rankings, which takes in all of the different sites and, and where they're ranking these players. So once we get over those, that's what the ADP will be referencing just as a uh, just to call that out. So let's start off with the fantasy MVP. Who's your MVP halfway through the year? Man, it's it's hard to go against Joel Embiid, but uh I'm going to be boring here, and I'm going to stick with Nikola Jokic. This guy has been incredible this season. Much like uh, Joel Embiid, I mean, he's putting up 27, 11, 8.6 assists a game. He's been incredible. He's doing everything. And even his shooting splits are incredible. He's teasing the elusive uh, 50-40-90. He's at 57% shooting, 42% from three, and 88% from the line. Those two big men have been dominating the league this year, and it's been really fun to watch. Um... Although they are more, I would say, current big men, they can step back and they can hit the three. They're not like Shaq where they're just in the post. It's been really fun to see big men come back to dominance this season. So Nikola Jokic, I think Nuggets are going to put some wins together second half of the season, get a good record. He's my, not only my real-life MVP, but he's my fantasy MVP. This dude, I mean, anytime he plays, he's he's winning you a a matchup or, or a week. I mean, he's, oh, here's another thing about him. He has not missed a game this season. So if you're a fantasy player, you got him on your team, he's not hurting you in that area. No disagreement there as well. But I know Adam's got another one. Um, more under the radar, but continues to do his thing. Yeah, I'm sticking with the, the Nikola uh, theme here, and I'm going to go with Nikola Vucevic, who had a third-round ADP preseason, and he's currently ranked third overall in nine-cat leagues. He's averaging a career-high 2.7 three-pointers made per game, up from 1.6 three-pointers made per game a season ago. Like Zach said with Embiid, uh, the 50-40-90 club, Vucevic is very close. Like Burns said, Vucevic also doesn't miss games, just like Jokic. Um, the guy is completely slept on. I think he's he's got a higher ranking than uh, Embiid uh, in uh, in nine-cat leagues. Actually, he's, he's, one, he's one below Embiid in nine-cat leagues, but... The price you paid for him to start the season, to me, makes him the fantasy MVP. He doesn't hurt you in any category, racks up the stats in every category. He plays for the Orlando Magic, so he doesn't get a ton of respect. But he's he's crushing it this year for fantasy managers. No disagreement, man. And it's a it's a dark horse, right? And uh, I think he's certainly exceeded expectations, so it's it's definitely a fair, a fair take. Uh, my guy, I'm going to go with... I'm going to fade you guys on the big man tip, and I'm going to go with Steph Curry. Um, I think there's a lot of doubt in Curry's ability to stay healthy this year, and he's only missed two games. And, I mean, obviously we know what he can do offensively. He's averaging 30 points, 
five rebounds and six and six assists with 4.8 threes per game. He's dropped over 50 twice. This guy wins you weeks just by his offensive explosions. And uh, I think he's, I mean, he started out, I think some people had him as low as, you know, 10, but he's been providing top three value all season. And he's right there neck and neck with Embiid and Jokic for the top spot. So we'll see how the end of the year shakes out, but all great selections. Real quick, just one thing on Steph Curry. I think with the injury to Klay Thompson preseason, there was a lot of uncertainty surrounding what the Warriors were going to look like this season. Were they going to be tanking again? You know, they looked pretty good. And I think people were scared about Steph because the thought that they might not be so good this season, he might take a couple games off, his numbers might kind of fall off a little bit. But it's been absolutely, it's absolutely not been the case. Like, he's playing every game and he's crushing it. Yeah, very similar to Damian Lillard. Like, it seems like both of them, as they've endured their team just getting injured, both of them have stepped up in a, in a crazy way to, to put up, you know, ridiculous numbers and exceed expectations to, to a lot of degree. Let's get into the biggest bust of the year. I mean, there's been quite a few between injuries, situations, opportunities, lack thereof. But let's go with Adam with his first one. I mean, I think that this one is a consensus all-bust team. Yeah, so who is your guy for the most disappointment? Yeah, so the, the writing was on the wall for this one, but apparently people drafting preseason didn't see this. This guy had an ADP of 55 overall. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is averaging a career-low 13.7 points per game in a career-low 26 minutes per game. Um, he takes games off. Pop said preseason that they were trying to get younger and they were trying to get smaller and play a little bit more up-tempo pace of, of play. And Aldridge doesn't really fit that bill with uh, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, Keldon Johnson. Uh, so he's, he's a huge bust. Um, I, I have no idea why people were taking him in the fourth round this season. Uh, it couldn't be me. Same thing with like Jaron Jackson Jr. coming off the injury. Also couldn't be me. Uh, there's just certain guys as they as they age or as they're injury prone. I'm just I'm just staying away from, and he's he's been a complete bust this season. I don't think I've heard one person say a good thing about Lamarcus Aldridge this season. It's really it's that bad now. <laughs> just three years ago, he was 23, eight and three. Yeah, he ain't that anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's a cliff. He's Blake Griffin now. All right, next, who's the next bust? I'll go because uh, I'll keep it in the the big man. Uh, the, the the big man category. Um, obviously, I, I could pick someone like Blake Griffin or LaMarcus Aldridge. I wanted to be a little bit fun with my pick. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say Anthony Davis has been the biggest fantasy bust considering where he was drafted as a top five asset. As a top five asset. I mean, his consensus ADP, I believe it was four. Um, so he wasn't going inside the top five. And then if you look at what he did before his injury. He was putting up 22 points, eight rebounds, three assists. He was shooting less than 30% from deep. And I know his game did not, does not ride on his three point ability, but 30% less than 30% from deep is, is not the best. His defensive numbers started slow, kind of averaged back out as we got uh, towards the, the, the end of the second half of the season before he got hurt. And he's, he's currently averaging 1.8 blocks, 1.3 steals. It's not bad numbers at all. I just think relative to where he was drafted, that's been a fantasy bust for me. People drafted him around guys like Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid went after him as as what Zach said. So considering that, Anthony Davis has got to be a fantasy bust this season. And and, and strategically, I, I want to get rid of Anthony Davis from my roster because I, I don't know if he's going to play in the back-to-backs coming up for the rest of the season. Uh, the Lakers are probably going to give him a little bit of rest, even if he's you know 
you know, fully healthy. Anthony Davis is never really fully healthy. No. Uh, he's the epitome of that burning cash meme that goes around on Twitter. So, you know, he's, I'm looking to get whatever I can for Anthony Davis at this point. Yeah. Yeah, Burns, to your point, um, while it's a hot take because he's still having a decent season, like numbers-wise. But I not think top it's five, though. Correct. And I would say, like, it's more so he was a first-round pick. He was the first overall pick for many players this season. And mm. for you not to be getting that level of value, like, you could have taken a James Harden and been way, way in a way better position uh, over the course of the season. So uh, I'm with you there. Certainly mm-hmm. has bust potential. You could have taken exactly. Julius Randle. Julius Randle's having a better season than Anthony Davis. In the 60th pick of the draft. That would have been extremely bold, but you, that would have been a league winner right there for sure. <laughs> Julius Randle. We'll hear your fandom later, I'm sure. Something that people really should consider as they sort of go through this season with fantasy basketball, see where players are at and if they're going to maintain that same level. Phoenix is winning ball games, so they're not doing anything wrong. So what they're doing with Devin Booker is clearly working. So Devin Booker, you shouldn't expect Devin Booker's assist to all of a sudden jump up to six or seven per game with Chris Paul in the lineup. Why would they change what they're doing, right? So it's something to just keep in mind. You know, teams that are you know either tanking and uh, you know going for a, a better pick, or they're they're doing something right by winning ball games, and are going to keep the kind of the same thing going. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, I I totally hear the argument for it. I just feel like it's still hate, man. I don't know where this Devin, Devin Booker hate is coming from. Over his last ten, he's averaging twenty twenty six four four point nine assists, three and a half rebounds, shooting fifty one percent from the field, one point seven threes, and he's getting to the line five times a game, knocking down eighty nine percent of them. I mean, I'll take that. It's where he was drafted. He was. I remember taking yeah. him tenth overall, and I could have had uh, Nikola Vucevic, who's who's putting up way better numbers than Devin Booker. You just said Devin Booker's one point seven threes a game. Vucevic is two point seven threes a game at seven foot tall. So it's 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 just where Booker was drafted. I I don't think he's yeah. bad. It's just where he was drafted. Yeah, and my bust is T.J. Warren. Um, came into this season 59 ADP, which I already thought was gassed up from his bubble performance. But he's only played four games. Obviously, he's been hurt. But, I mean, I think a lot of people drafted him pretty confidently that he was going to have an even better season than last uh, after putting up a nineteen a career-high 19.8 points. And he hasn't really played. So he's currently ranked at 394. Uh, he's a drop candidate. Complete garbage complete waste of a draft pick so let's go on to the next one best sleeper so we define sleeper as anyone that was drafted outside of the top 100 according to the overall consensus adp so we'll start off with alex on this one who is your your best sleeper of the season yeah for me i gotta look at a guy like norman powell who has been really good um, both in the absence of kyle lowry but but even when kyle lowry has been healthy and i know toronto has had a ton of guys in the COVID protocols, a ton of guys that have been hurt. And so he's had a a bigger opportunity to produce, but his ADP was 149. So he was barely sitting inside the top 150 coming into draft season. He's been a top 65 value this season in in nine cat leagues. He's averaging a career high, 18 points, three rebounds, two assists, 1.2 steals a game. And he's also shooting nearly 50% from the field, 44% from three and 90% from the line. So this is a guy honestly, in, in some drafts, went undrafted. And you, if you were able to scoop him up off the waiver wire, 
uh, you're, you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. Huge ROI with Norman Powell, for yeah. sure. Yeah, speaking of, so so here's an interesting thing about Norman Powell. Uh, when when you mentioned Kyle Lowry, right, it's going to, uh, Norman Powell's value sort of relies on a couple guys there in Toronto. Lowry uh, is one. Also Siakam. When Pascal Siakam doesn't play, Norman Powell averages 26 points a game. When Siakam plays, Norman Powell averages 18 points a game. So there's a lot that depends on who's playing there in Toronto. So, you know, Norman Powell actually might be a sell high if if Lowry doesn't get moved, but it's something to keep in uh, sure. keep in mind. And Adam, who's your sleeper? My sleeper, I got a couple guys, but I'll uh, I'll highlight Terry Rozier. And the writing was on the wall last season for him when he he he, he had a kind of a, a minim, minimal role in Boston uh, during the 2018-19 season. He averages nine points and 2.9 assists per game. You know, wasn't really in the rotation there like he should have been. He went to Charlotte in 2019-20. All of a sudden, got 34 minutes a game, averaged 18 points per game, and was shooting a lot of threes, uh, much like Devin Booker. Um, this season, through 33 games at the midway point, he's he's still seeing those minutes. Devontae Graham's hurt. He's averaging a career-high 21 points a game uh, and 3.4 three-pointers made per game. Uh, he's got a nice little uh, role there alongside LaMelo Ball. I'm not sure when Devontae Graham's coming back. He had an ADP of 125, so he's a big-time sleeper for me this season. Yeah, it's a good call, and I don't think he's going to – his ADP is only going to rise, um, especially with Devontae Graham hurt. Like, I think he's just played outside of his – him and LaMelo Ball just look really good together, so I think Devontae Graham has certainly lost his role in terms of a starting spot. They're not going to take out Rozier and disrupt what's what's happening in Charlotte right now, so it's a good call. Um, I'm going to take mine uh, a bit obscure. I'm going to go with Malik Beasley. Came in with an ADP of 140, and even with his – Pending, I think he's got 10 games left of his suspension. He's still ranked 58 in nine category leagues, primarily because he's averaging 20 points, five rebounds, two and a half assists, while shooting 45, 40, and 85 from the line. He also gets you almost a steal per contest with D'Angelo Russell still on the mend, um, still ushering a youth movement out in Minnesota. They're going to be get blown out a lot towards later in the season. I think Beasley's a good buy low considering that. You know, once he comes back, he's going to get right into the action of putting up upwards of 18 shots a game once again. So, yeah, I just want to say I love Tyrese Halliburton. I was able to get him in a, in a dynasty league and I'm super happy. But I just want to uh, make two notes really quick before we move on. Got to talk about Mason Plumlee really quick. Just a, a quick note. Drafted 150 was his ADP. All he does every night is flirt with a triple double. It's been nice to see a, a little career resurgence uh, from him. And then before we move on to the next segment. Can we just mention that Leangelo Ball had an ADP of 139 coming into draft season? So he was drafted ahead of guys like Darius Garland, Mason Plumlee, Cody Zeller, and his Cantor. I just thought that was crazy. The dude is not going to sniff an NBA court anytime soon. How is that even possible? Like, who who ranked I, these people? They, I actually think those people thought that Leangelo was LaMelo Ball, and so that, that think, pushed up his ADP a little bit. Let's give him benefit of the doubt that that's what happened, but... We need to talk. We need we need to get them on the phone. They need to be heading to fan. They need to be heading to fantasy pros to get their rankings done because we that we don't we don't we don't make those kinds of mistakes. <laughs> and then speaking speak. You mentioned you mentioned Mason Plumley. Mason Plumley and Jeremy Grant's ADPs were both way too low because people were unsure of what their roles were going to be with the new team in Detroit. But they've got you know they're playing extremely heavy minutes. I feel like if people knew that they were going to play. You know, 32 minutes for Mason Plumley and 35, 36 minutes for Jeremy Grant. Their ADPs would have been way higher. 
But I mean, you know, people didn't. Could you also kind of follow the money though, in, in, to a certain degree, right? Like they gave them pretty, that, pretty that, significant right. contracts. Like I think that's a pretty strong signal that they're going to try. But you don't know, right? So. That's 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 a great point too. It's the same thing with Christian Wood. People were scared to take Christian Wood in the fourth, fifth round, right? He was ADP was like fourth, fifth round, yeah. and they gave him all the money in the world to to come to Houston, and he's he's proven himself. He's another guy that's going to be back after the All Star break that I want to get on my roster. Yeah, and Burns huge, has been huge by low. Absolutely. Yeah, go go get Christian Wood before he starts cooking again after the All Star break. Totally agree. And let's get into something else. We'll go into best value. So this is kind of unique. You know, who is really exceeding expectations to the point where it's like, wow, how did you even foresee that? And I know Adam's got a he's been he's been wanting to talk about this guy. He's been talking about him since the preseason. Um, let's bring it on, man. Bring on the new the New York Nick. Who is he? Tom Thibodeau gives all his starters heavy minutes and Julius Randle has lived up to all the hype that he was going to that, that surrounded him you know getting these heavy minutes he's seen 37 minutes a game who plays 37 minutes a game first of all Tom Thibodeau players play 37 minutes a game and he's he's utilizing those minutes extremely well 20 career high 23.2 points per game 11.1 rebounds also career high 5.5 assists, also career high. He's never averaged more than 3.6 assists in his career, uh, you know, before this season. He's he's uh, he's the cornerstone of that that offense. I think the Knicks are at this point uh, they the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, that's Dan Squad. Uh, it's not actually Dan Squad, <laughs> but Dan just like reps them because uh, this show, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, Julius Julius Randle's cooking. Doesn't hurt you in any category. Shoots high percentage. Uh, making two threes a game. I love Julius Randle. I love Julius Randle playing for Tom Thibodeau uh, more than anything. It's a fair take, man. And you've been uh, you've been on him since day one. So props to you for that. Burns, what's your thoughts? Who who is your best yeah, value? Yeah, I, I love the Julius Randle one. That's I, I have him in a couple leagues, so I'm reaping the benefits of that one. Uh, I'm gonna say Clint Capella. Uh, people were a little unsure of what to think of Clint Capella in Atlanta. He was hurt for a long period of time. John Collins kind of emerged while he was hurt. And I think he's fit in excellent with Trey Young. He's averaging 14 points, 14 rebounds a game on 58% shooting. Uh, he had an ADP of 60, but he's uh, a top 36 uh, rank. He's, t- he's in the t- inside the top 36 in nine cat leagues. Um, yeah, and he was looked over because of his injury situation and, and, and the new situation going from uh, Houston to Atlanta. And he's fit very nicely with Trey Young and John Collins. Yeah, I think he's another guy that's kind of won you weeks in certain categories. I mean, with those monster, what, 20 yeah. rebound games that he was having. I mean, he's just been a monster, really to the detriment of John Collins. And if John Collins is truly on the block, look out for Clint Capella, you know, second half of the season. Uh, so my best value... I'm gonna stick with the big men. Uh, I was I was tinkering on a couple because uh, I think more the first one is more about opportunity than anything. But I think uh, Jared Allen, you know, he's been a really a great player so far. His ADP is at 114. He's currently ranked 32 across 32 minutes. He's averaging 17.6 points, 12 and a half rebounds, two assists, one eight point one point eight blocks in his last 10 without Drummond. I mean, Larry Nance is on the block. Drummond's also on the block. The future is bright for this kid. He's still very young. They traded for him. Uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets traded him to the to the a dumpster fire that is Cleveland. So I just think that he's going to have a lot of upside play with two young guards like Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. 
he should be a monster for the rest of the season. I just want to give a special shout out to Rashawn Holmes, who's also been extremely valuable. ADP at 120, currently ranked 35. Does much of similar numbers as Miles Turner, just without the blocks, but uh, he's putting up 13 points per game, eight rebounds, one and a half blocks, shooting 65% from the field and 80% from the free throw. So extremely valuable shooter there, uh, really helping to, I mean, the, the Sacramento Kings aren't very good, but from a fantasy perspective, him, Harrison Barnes, Tyrese Halliburton, and Darren Fox have really been great assets for fantasy managers this season. So we're going to go to our next one. We're going to call it AJ nothing but a number. Who's been the best veteran this year? And we're categorizing veteran as someone that's 33 years or older. You know, just like people were scared to take, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant. People were also scared to take LeBron James. I saw him drop to the third round in some leagues just because he's 36 years old. He's going to take a couple games off. He's out here proving to everybody that he doesn't have to take a, a single goddamn game off. And he's just, he's putting up the same numbers he did last season. His assists are down a little bit. But that's okay because he's making up for it in three-pointers. He's averaging a career-high 2.4 three-pointers per game this season. He's playing 35 minutes a game. This dude just doesn't take any time off. I have no clue how he does it. And I don't think he's going to do it because he's going he's, he's gunning for another MVP. It's absurd what both of them are doing, man. Like, I feel like that's this is going to be a no-wrong answer. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Mike Conley mainly because he got his first All-Star nod. He's really helped the Jazz propel themselves to I mean their squad is really good but I think he's been one of the catalysts of his improved play over the course of the season and you know for value like I I actually had Mike Conley I picked him up late as like oh well maybe this is a guy that will give me you know 15 points and you know a few a cup maybe a steal and a half or something like that but he's exceeded expectations he's shooting well from the three-point line he's having a career year in some eyes um you know, this season. So, yeah, for me, it's Mike Conley, but I feel like you can't go wrong with Chris Paul or LeBron James. Yeah, Alex, you what guys do you think? Hit, it, hit it on the nail. Uh, CP3, LBJ, those are the only two really you could make the argument for. I'll just say I like watching Carmelo Anthony this season, although he's not winning any matchups or, or weeks. It's just been nice to see him play at the level he is after everybody said that he was done and should have been out of the league. So I'll say Carmelo Anthony. Totally agree with that. And then now we're going to go to a, a newly named award, the Terrence Ross Award. Who's the biggest boomer bust player? Alex, I'll start with you. Who do you got? I got Malik Monk. Uh, I know we talked about him recently on the show, but but just somebody who will get you huge games, 36 points, 27 points, and then for the next two weeks will average 9, 10 points a game, maybe even less. Just somebody who, if he's not scoring a bunch of points, he's really not providing a ton of value elsewhere. So I'll just, I'm just going to go with Malik Monk. So, so I thought this award was going to be called the Chris Boucher Award because he's, he's the guy for me. I was going to talk about Norman Powell. I already t- kind of touched on Norm- Norman Powell earlier. But Chris Boucher is either like 20 and 10 or like 7 and 3, depending on the matchup. And we've talked about this previously. But I think the award could have been named the, the Chris Boucher Award, yeah, biggest boom bust, gross. to be honest. Yeah, it's it's perplexing how he still remains so highly valued in nine category formats. Like his his ranking really hasn't dropped despite the erratic play. Um, yeah, mine's kind of hit or miss as well. I think we all identified some like shooters that tend to get hot, and if they're not, it's a disaster. Uh, mine's Gary Trent Jr. He's played really well as of late, but he definitely will go for a one for eleven, two for twelve, three for fourteen type of outing uh, with not much else besides three-pointers so 
Uh, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. for me. And so let's go for the most frustrating player. I mean, I think that this also kind of – I mean, I think you could bucket Chris Boucher in a whole bunch of, of these categories here. But, uh, yeah, so, Zach, who is your biggest, most frustrating player this year? Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm just going to say, keep it short and sweet, John Collins. Up and down, massive games, then kind of eh games. John Collins has been the most frustrating player for me to own. Yeah, mine is Victor Oladipo. Doesn't play back-to-backs on the trade block. Not really feeling them. Uh, the Houston Rockets are def- definitely putting in the youth movement, so I just don't know if I can trust Victor Oladipo. It just gives me so hot and cold. Adam, your thoughts? Mine's D'Angelo Russell. He had a, a third-round ADP, I think. I think a lot of people expected him to get better uh, his second year in Minnesota. Uh, he's been he's dealt with an injury bug, um, but his, his scoring is down. His assists are down. Minnesota plays like a 11-man rotation, so he's been a, he's been a huge disappointment. I, there were guys that were taking D'Angelo Russell over guys like uh, De'Aaron Fox, Malcolm Brogdon. So he's yeah, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm kind of meh on D'Angelo Russell this season. I feel like D'Angelo Russell's a guy that's never gonna be on a fantasy winning roster. I don't know why I have that feeling, but he's like he's like always he's like always hurt. He like doesn't care. Like I want a guy that like cares and like you know doesn't uh, doesn't like you know break his tibia every like two days i feel like he's got always got like a broken leg or something (laughs) going to our next award who's been the best new face in a new place um i'll start with mine uh we kind of touched on him a few times mine's jeremy grant kids having a probably most improved player of the year right now um beating out christian wood due to his injury just having a career year it's awesome to watch and uh he's getting some trade interest as well so we'll see if he gets moved It'll be one of the more interesting moves of the of the trade deadline because he's been so valuable from a fantasy perspective in Detroit. If he goes to a contender, does that change his outlook, you know, for the rest of the season? So something to consider for Jeremy Grant. But what are your thoughts, Adam? Yeah, we touched on this guy earlier, uh, Dan. I think you touched on him. Jared Allen. Uh, you know, got to Cleveland. Uh, Andre Drummond is not going to play there anymore. Uh, so he's averaging 15, 10, and 1.8 blocks a game. So Jared Allen for me. Gotta say, for me, it's been Gordon Hayward. Everyone thought he was done after last season in Boston, struggling with the injuries. He's putting up 21 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists during the first half of the season in his first stint in Charlotte. It's been really cool to see Gordon Hayward bounce back. All right, and comeback player of the year. Who are we thinking? I got mine as John Wall. He's been relatively healthy, played 25 out of 34 games, averaging 21-6-3 over the course of the season. I don't love him on, on any fantasy team, but I'm just – uh, excited that he's actually able to play. I feel like he's just your comeback player of the year because he hasn't played in like three years. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. <laughs> he gets it by default. Well, <laughs> if that's the case, then the only correct answer here is Kevin Durant. After a nearly a two-year hiatus with a ruptured Achilles, he's this guy's putting up, it just makes me laugh when I'm reading it, 29 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists on 52, mm-hmm. 43, 86, nearly 50, 40, 90. Two years with a ruptured Achilles. That is insane. He I mean, he's... Obviously, Brooklyn has Harden and Kyrie and, and him. It's like the big three. But he has Brooklyn positioned nicely as contenders in the East, and he's not even lost a step. It's got to be Kevin Durant. No disagreement there. Adam? Zach Levine, man. Zach Levine's ta- How is Zach Levine taking 20 shots per game and shooting over 50% from the field? That's, that's crazy, man. He's averaging a career-high 28.7 points a game. His assists are up over five per game. Chicago actually like looks kind of good. Uh, I mean, not great, but good. Yeah. And, and they, they look, he looks good. Dude, this, he looks great. <laughs> Chicago, but Chicago's serviceable. 
and, and Zach, Le- Zach Levine's yeah. the reason why they're serviceable. I don't, I don't mind watching the Bulls play. I love watching Zach Levine play. I mean, he had a pregame a couple nights ago, like a between-the-legs, you know, that windmill dunk. It was, like, sick. I love Zach Levine, yeah, man. I feel like I just have a new frustrating player, Kobe White. Um, cause while I watch the bulls, I can't help, but like every time I watch him, I'm like, oh man, he's going to go off and he just winds up chucking up a bunch of bricks and turn over the ball. I called him a buy low, like, like a month ago and he, he, he had a couple of nice games, but then like kind of fell off, yeah. shoot like a bad percentage. Yeah, you're right. Just, uh, as we close out here, got some breaking news, uh, coming in. Uh, we're listening to this, we're recording this podcast on a Sunday. You'll, you'll be listening to it on a Monday, but as of now, 76ers All-Stars Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are potentially ineligible to play tonight in the NBA All-Star game due to contact tracing. So Shams Sharania just dropping a bomb on us. Apparently, uh, the exposure occurred with Embiid and Simmons' personal barber. Uh, so I don't know what that's going to mean, how that's going to shake up some stuff. Uh, obviously disappointing and just uh, another reminder of how much COVID has just impacted this season, this se- this year, and, and for so many people. So... We'll see what happens, but breaking news. Yeah, make sure you, if there's any Sixers out on the waiver wires, like a, a Dwight Howard or a Shake Milton, uh, maybe Tyrese Maxey, depending. Um, if they do have COVID, they're going to be missing two weeks of time, so it's going to be a significant impact for the Sixers as they continue to make their 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 strive to the uh, top spot of their Eastern Conference. So we'll catch you guys next week. We'll, we'll go over everything that happened in this long week 11, uh, over two weeks, so... We'll catch you next week and uh, enjoy the All-Star game. Peace. See you.